Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Season two of Wild Superheroes has just been incredible, as you know, folks. It, it just really has been exciting, quality wrestling product on Access TV. Once again, you can catch it every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I got to tell you, this, this past Sunday's, excuse me, Saturday's episode was crazy because Wild Superheroes champion Tessa Blanchard, she was allowed to choose her opponent to defend the championship against. And she chose someone who was making their season two Wild Superheroes debut. And let me tell you something. That match was intense. It was, it, was, it was crazy there. And I said, you know something? Let me do the right thing by the Duke Loves Wrestling fans. Let me get this young lady who was in that match to come on and tell the whole world about it. So without further ado... Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, the Luchadora Serpentine. How are you, Serpentine? Well, I was just waiting for you to shut up so I can talk, you know. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, listen, wait a second. Your, your lawyer told me that I, I, could, I could ask you a few uh, important questions here. Is that, is that not allowed? Uh, I mean, yes, but... The reason why I have her as an attorney, Sofia Lopez, the attorney in the world, um, is because I pay her thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm surprised that she couldn't even take this phone call because she knows I'm busy, you know, laying on on, on my layers. Because I'm a I'm a pretty important person, believe it or not. Well, you certainly proved how important you were. I want to know, and, and the entire wrestling world wants to know, how the heck did you get? a championship match against Tessa Blanchard, your first match season two of Wild Superheroes. Why wouldn't I? I mean, think about it. I am the only luchadora in the whole entire roster. Somebody that has traveled all over the world, not only as a wrestler, but as somebody that has a lot of, um, como decimos en español, con mucha categoría y con mucha, que somos gente muy importante. So I know that Tessa Blanchard acknowledged that, and, of course, she acknowledged that I'm one of the best, of the best of the roster in women's up wrestling. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and, and, and get a translator for that. I mean, my, my Spanish from high school was okay, but that was a little too fast for me. But Tessa Blanchard, she, she really uh, pushed you to the limits there, and although I, I will admit you kind of surprised her with the pushback that you gave. So talk to us about that match. I mean, how intense was that? I mean, it was a pretty, a very pretty intense match. I think we win, oh, Lord, it was a, like 16, 16 to 20 minutes. Uh, to be somebody that can stand toe-to-toe with somebody as a caliber of Tessa Blanchard says a lot. And for me to do my debut uh, on the second show on a championship match, I mean, I, 
I mean, I'm setting the bar very, very high for the rest of the ladies of women's of wrestling. Well, you certainly are, and I mean, you, you're you're paying your attorney. Uh, Sophia Lopez, like you said, thousands of dollars. Be honest with us here. I'm going to ask you this directly because, you know, on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, we ask the tough questions. So, Luchador Serpentine, did you pay Tessa Blanchard for that match? Be honest. No. I don't need to pay. I don't need to pay her anything. I mean, like I said, she she chose me because she wanted to show right off the bat what she's capable of, and she knew that having me on the ring would be the only way that she could do that. You heard it there, folks. Boy, talk to us about something here because, like you said, you're, you are the luchadora of WOW superheroes. And I know, you know, the history of, of, of Mexican wrestling, lucha libre, the, the whole concept of the luchadoras and the luchadoras, there's a lot of history that goes back to the early 1900s. How does it feel to be the standard bearer in modern times, to, to, to carry that illustrious history and tradition on today well it feels very it feels very special because um you can bring something completely different to 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 a a program like this a show like this uh being the only masked luchador on the show uh i carry that mask with a lot of pride because not only i carry my my heritage i'm carrying my culture and i carry my history and representing it, representing it the way that I'm doing it, it's it's very very amazing to me. Well, and, and I got to tell you, what you do in the ring is certainly amazing, and, and boy, is it stiff. I mean, goodness gracious, I I was wincing when I saw you do some of these things that you do there. It's like, oh my goodness, this, this lady is really tough. Where, where does that come from? Where, where where does this 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 mean streak, this this toughness, this viciousness in the ring? that luchadora serpentine has. Where, where does that come from? I mean, it definitely comes from my from my ancestors. I, I mean, I come from uh, a great lineage of Aztec warriors, and we are fearless. Um, we're fearless people that we don't care about who is right next to us, and we're there for the kill. So as you can see, I wasn't playing any game, and I was there to get what I wanted. And that was a championship. Yeah, you, know, you definitely uh, <laughs> took it to the limit, that's for sure. We're talking to the Luchadora Serpentine from WOW Superheroes. Once again, folks, you can catch WOW Superheroes every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. Now, I did my, my research on you there, uh, Luchadora Serpentine. You, you have an interesting deal going on here where you have wrestled all over the world. I want to know something, though. I want to know something very Mm -hmm. important. Because, you know, I'm the Duke. I love wrestling, but I also love food. If I go to some place like, say, Japan, because I I know you've wrestled in Japan before, what is the number one dish in Japan that Luchadora Serpentine, what does she get every single time she she goes to Japan? Ramen. I love ramen. Good ramen. Like pork ramen with eggs and with very uh, like spicy and handmade noodles. Uh, that's, that's, that's my go-to. If not, I usually travel to Sapporo where they have the best sushi in the world. It's the freshest fish ever. And I'll have, I'll have sashimi or sushi and a good, good craft beer 
along with it. Because I love craft beer. So, you know, when you travel to different places and different countries and different cities, you always like to taste what the locals eat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, Japan, shout out to Sapporo and Ichiban. Those are some of the best beers in the world. I'm not sure if those are the type of beers that you drink there, but I, I certainly love those Japanese beers. It's it's interesting because you are in incredible shape. I mean, just incredible shape. And, and it doesn't surprise me that the foods that you mentioned are, are pretty healthy foods there. Talk to us about your training. I mean, for somebody who travels so much all over the world, beating people up from, from one continent to the next, how do you maintain such an excellent figure and, and these great muscles and, and this great stamina and what have you? Well, I have great trainers right now. Uh, I have a team of people that are helping me train properly, which has helped me um, achieve one of the best shapes that I've been in my life. Um, with that said, when I'm not in town, um, I have different gyms that I can attend for free, you know, because I'm very important. So I use some of the trainings that I've been learning for the last couple of years, and I train like that in there. I also um, have um, – I, start, I started training um, MMA and jiu-jitsu with Gi and Ogi, so that helps me so much with my conditioning. Uh, I really – put everything together, and um, that's what has been helping me to look the way that I look. But it takes a while. I mean, people might think that you you only go to the gym for one, one hour or two hours. To be in the condition that I am and being completely clean, doing it in a clean way, it takes between four to five hours of training every day, at least five times a week. Wow. I, I can't even imagine that. I mean, if, if I'm in the gym more than 45 minutes, then, you know, I, I might lose this little beer belly of mine. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I can't have that there. Uh, but you, on the other hand, you're in the gym four or five times, 45 hours in a session, and it shows. So that, that's, that's uh, impressive stuff there. Now, tell us here, what is Luchadora's Serpentine's goals for WoW superheroes, especially here in Season 2, what are you trying to get out of the company? What are you trying to accomplish here? Well, what I'm trying to accomplish is, one, for people to, like, know who I am and to remember who Luchadora Serpentine is uh, because I'm so different. Uh, my methods are, are an orthodox. And also, like, people can't really, like, think what what's next for them. Every time I get in the ring, it's something different. That's what separates me. Me, like I was saying, from the other chicks or the other ladies of wrestling. Um, and they are going to expect a lot of hard-hitting, very vicious uh, wrestling style. Uh, and it's a high, like we'll call it hybrid type of wrestling. Because I am very unique and I'll continue to be unique. And I'm so excited. I'm in wow this season. Speaking of uh, excited, I, I'm actually a little concerned here. I just got a text message, folks. Uh, this is breaking news from uh, the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez. And I quote, her name is Serpentine. If you call her Serpentine one more time, I will sue you. 
Yes, okay. please. Okay. I, I, right. I, serpentine, serpentine, serpentine. I, I, I do not want to be sued. I don't, I, I don't want to be beat up. I don't want any problems from any, anybody here. So let me just make sure I get this right here. So once again, it is Luchador Serpentine WoW Superheroes, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Saturday on Access TV. And yes. you know, before I let you go here, if, I, if I'm really nice to you, will you take me out for some ramen? Absolutely, but if you're gonna go with me, you're probably gonna go with one of my servants because I don't, you know, I don't talk to people like you. Let me tell you something, man. I have interviewed Bob Backlund. I, I've interviewed Big Vito. I, I've interviewed Jazz. I've interviewed Rodney Mack, Al Snow. I've interviewed all these people who could definitely do some serious damage if they wanted to. And I have to say. In all honesty, Luchadora Serpentine is the, the person that scares me the most. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I am just terrified of this woman. And I have to talk to the world's greatest attorney, Sofia Lopez, and find out if there's any way that I can get on Luchadora Serpentine's good side. As you can see, I try to get a free meal out of the deal there, and, and that just completely fell apart there, so... You know, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, folks? Do you think she likes me or do you think that she wants to beat me up? I kind of got a feeling that she wants to beat me up. So I better watch myself there. And and I'm telling you right now, you have to go do whatever you can. Find that match. Wow. Superhero season two, the main event, Luchador Serpentine versus Tessa Blanchard for the WoW Superheroes Championship. That match was a knockdown dragout, just legitimately a match of the year candidate. And what I really loved about it is the fact that there was no weapons used. They just went out there and had a great wrestling match without any kind of foreign objects or anything like that. They just went at it, man. I mean, as the match was going on, as you folks saw on the Duclos Wrestling Twitter page, I was live tweeting with, with the other folks at, at Wild Superheroes and all of you fans who are fans of the show, you know, this podcast and Wild Superheroes. There was just a lot of positive energy. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, Wild Superheroes, man, they're, they're the highest rated show in Access TV history. And there's no surprise there because the, the, the quality of the product that they're pushing out is just tremendous. So again, if you get a chance, please check out uh, the match Tessa Blanchard versus Luchador Serpentine, Episode 2, Season 2, WoW Superheroes. Just great stuff. And Access TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's on Saturday nights. Definitely can't miss it, folks. It's good stuff there. Wow. But seriously, I, I, I got to do something, man, because I, I think she's not happy with me and I don't need Luchador Serpentine tracking me down and put me in some kind of hole and, you know, breaking my arm or something. I just I don't need those problems. Goodness gracious. Welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, folks. As you can see, we, we continue to fire on all cylinders, man. We're not messing around here. OK, in fact. I got a special guest that's coming up next week. Another person who is one of the top wrestlers in the world there. And you're going to have to stay tuned. I'll, I'll give you a hint later in the show. Stay tuned to later in the show. I'll let you know who that's going to be. But as for this episode, boy, I'll tell you right now, uh, we're going to check back in with my homegirl, 
Michelle Evans. Now, this is the young lady who was on two weeks ago. You know, she's in that contest to be the next Maxim Magazine cover girl. If she wins that, she also gets a couple of bucks that she's going to put towards medical school, which she's currently in right now. Really great person. So she's going to give us an update on how her progress is going. Did she make it to the next round? Stay tuned. She's going to give us all that information. But before we get to any of that. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. Mr. Greg Coleman, how are you, Greg? I'm great, Duke. How you doing? Hey, man. You already know, man. I, I, I'm the same guy. I'm just very, very excited uh, with this this current climate in the wrestling community right now. Uh, before we jump into the top stories, though, Greg, tell everybody you're a freelance uh, wrestling journalist here. Tell us about you know some of the places you've written for and, and what have you. Yeah. So currently, I write for uh, SmartOutMoment.com, and if um, anybody's not familiar with that. Tony Mango, who's one of the contributing writers for Bleacher Report, that's his website that he kind of owns and operates. So um, if you've ever been on there under the extras section, you've probably seen some things that I've written. Um, And my latest piece was something that um, Duke uh, gave me a rave review on, was how AEW has failed to go all in or all out to truly be the anti-WWE alternative that they've played up so much so far during their formation and rise to prominence. Well, and, and, and listen, you know, Greg, you and I butt heads uh, pretty much every day. So it was, it was very impressive to see you finally come to your senses and write something that actually makes sense. So, uh, <laughs> You know, because I've been waiting for you to come to your senses, man. We, we've definitely argued about what AEW has marketed versus what they've delivered. We have. Uh-huh. And you were pushing against it this entire time, and then suddenly you come out with this masterpiece of an article. And, folks, you got to go oh, over to SmartOutMoments.com and check it out. Uh, you, you, you have this masterpiece of an article where you, you finally own up to the fact that AEW has not delivered what they've marketed. Yeah, and um, so, Duke, I would say that you saw the light more so when it flickered on, and I just had to wait till it was on for a little bit longer. So I'll give you kudos for being – you saw it early, and you capitalized, and you spoke about it, and I gave you some grief about it, but I like to think of myself as being an objective person. I'm a wrestling fan. I don't play favorites. Um, and just some of the things that I've seen based on what they've said – they haven't really done as much as I thought that they would have done, given that they've had four shows and two major pay-per-views um, by their standards. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And, and you know, it's I always say if you're going to market something, then you lead with that something. Don't tell me you're going to do something and then tell me i got to wait for it. When, it, when, when it's time to, to show and prove, and it's like, hey, where's the beef? Oh man, you got to wait for the beef. But you told me you were going to deliver steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to wait for that, man. It's going to come later on. No, no, no. I'm not coming to your restaurant if you're going to do a bait and switch yeah. or be and, like that. So, right. That's a very valid point. That's a very yes, valid point. Yes, sir. Well, listen. Let, let's let's talk about some of these top stories, um, real quick. And, and I definitely want to start off with Wild Superheroes, the, their latest episode that they had, which it was just tremendous. 
And folks, again, if you get a chance, if you have a video on demand service or what have you, you gotta check out the latest. This is this is episode two of season two. Wow, superheroes! In the main event, Wow, superheroes champion Tessa Blanchard. She took on Serpentine. I gotta say that right now. It's not Serpentine. Serpentine. And for my money, it was one of the matches of the year. I mean, it was just a fantastic match. Greg, you you're familiar with Thunder Rosa, who who's been on the indie scene for a few years there. You know, she, I am. definitely she's traveled all over the world. She's a tough customer, and of course, you you also know Tessa Blanchard. Absolutely. What do you think about the matchmaking of of putting literally two of the best wrestlers on the planet? First of all, having them in your in your promotion, but putting them in a match where you know it's going to be hard hitting and and you know that they were going to go at it, and they certainly did. It was about 20 minutes long. What do you think about the matchmaking there? Uh, I think it's a brilliant move by WOW because Tessa is arguably, I mean, when she's discussed now, it's, she's kind of transcended being discussed as best women's wrestler. I hear so many people talk about her as just being best wrestler, period, which honestly I think – that's how it should be because, you know, just looking at WWE's talent roster, um, there are some really talented women there who I feel definitely deserve to be in the best wrestler conversation, period, and not just women's wrestling. Um, so that's a match that I haven't gotten the chance to watch yet. I definitely will be going to watch it because I am a big fan of Tessa. Um, I actually got a chance to see her work at a – local wrestling promotion show when I was back visiting my parents in Chicago, Warrior Wrestling, um, and her and Daga wrestled the Lucha Brothers. So that was a nice treat to um, see at a small show at a high school gym. But, yeah, that she's one bad woman. So I think um, definitely looking forward to watching that match and um, watching more Thunder Rosa as far as the matchmaking. I think you get two of the best together. Um, only good things are happening. And from what you're sound, what you're saying to me is that that happened in then some. So, um, kudos to Wow for making the match, and kudos to those ladies for performing and delivering. I, I think the thing that really got me engaged in the match, and, and I don't want to spoil it for you, I, you know, I, it's, I got to be careful here, but I, I will give you this little piece here. There were no, there were no foreign objects. They didn't okay, need a cool. chair. They didn't need a kendo stick. They didn't need to go through right. ten tables. None of that. Just two people beating the hell out of each other, doing whatever it takes to try to win the match and become the WOW women's champion there. And, and I mean, what, what can you say about that? They're superheroes, and they certainly proved that there. So definitely we're, I'm going to have to uh, get your take. In fact, when we post the show, once you see that match, Greg, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to see your comments on the show post that we put on uh, on the Facebook and the Twitter there. Let everybody know what you personally thought of the match. Because I think that will be an interesting uh, perspective shared there. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I'll watch it tonight. You see how I did that, folks? I challenged them there. You see how I did that? That's right. Slick. <laughs> Slick. <laughs> now, another big story is, is that we do, we're coming off of a, a pay-per-view Night of Champions, you know, WWE had on Sunday, which, you know, there there was definitely a lot of action there. What was your take on the Night of Champions pay-per-view there, Greg? Um, 
Well, you know, technically Duke is called class of champion now. Um, but you, you I'll know something. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're absolutely right, and this is this is what happens here. You live for these moments when the Duke can be proven wrong. <laughs> I'm calling it Night of Champions because I was looking back. Facebook sent me a message the other day. 2015, Night of Champions was here in Boston, Massachusetts. Ah, oh, got it. And I was I mean, looking at those old photos. Same, literally same time period and what have you. So you, you're absolutely right. You got me there, man. Clash of yeah, Champions. Yeah, I mean, same, same, same concept. All titles are being defended. Um. I thought overall it was a it was a solid show. I would have liked to seen um AJ and Cedric appear on the main portion of the show. That's just a nitpick for me. Um didn't really have any the booking decisions that I was against. Um I mean the New Day losing the title to the revival. I think that could work if they're going to kind of extend out the rivalry with the revival and Randy Orton against the New Day, um, which it doesn't seem like they are, based on what we've seen on SmackDown, um, with the Beast is coming on October 4th um, to challenge Kofi. I think the show ended excellent with the Fiend um, attacking Seth. I was Wondering, because in the previous Firefly Funhouses, he was making mention of both Seth and Braun. So I wasn't sure if he was going to interrupt the match and then we get some kind of triple threat inside of the cell. But I think they did it perfectly. They, um, so I think him and Seth are going to have a great match. I think it's going to be a great build up to that match. And I'm looking forward to Hell in the Cell. Well stated, and, and I really can't disagree with anything you said there. I, I feel like the the pay per view it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't no. bad. You know, right. it was a, it was a very good pay per view, and most importantly, what you touched upon, it did a great job of setting up what's coming next. You know, anyone who watched Raw or SmackDown this week coming off the pay per view, you could clearly see things are happening. Exciting things are happening here. Uh, whether it be Luke Harper is back and, 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 and him and Rowan got their thing going on. Uh, you know, you name it. Sasha Banks and Bailey are continuing their bad girl thing going on here. Right. Which, you know, now you have Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and old Carmella is in the mix as well. There's just a lot of little things that are that's happening that the pay-per-view did a great job of setting it up, and then they've continued these various storylines here so that's yeah i think it was a, a very good pay-per-view um yeah i would agree this is what wwe is doing right now man they're just they're they're firing on all cylinders with these pay-per-views which ironically the build to these pay-per-views are pretty weak in my opinion uh it, it's not the same excitement i have to see it tonight type of situation that we're used to Yet, when you finally get to the pay-per-view, the action itself more than makes up for the, the weak builds. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And I think a big reason for that could be kind of the frequency of the pay-per-views. So I think when they actually take the time to kind of dig in and sink their teeth in and say, we're going to build stories, I think those are when you get your your better pay-per-view builds. Um, but when they just kind of say, well, okay, we got a pay-per-view, so we got to put some matches together, I think you can kind of see that and it shows, but 
Like, I agree with you. Um, you know, SummerSlam, Clash of Champions, delivered. I have great hopes and expectations that Hell in a Cell were delivered just based on the matches they've announced so far. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're definitely on the upswing. Speaking of upswing, boy, this past Wednesday, we finally got it. NXT debuted on the USA Network at least yeah. the first hour. Now, now keep in mind, folks, USA Network, they have this show Suits. It's been one of their highest-rated uh, programming that's not WWE uh, for the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years. And Suits is, is, this is, this is their last season. So they're in the midst of their final few episodes here. So that is why Wednesday night, SmackDown only aired for one hour from 8 to 9 on USA, and then the final hour aired on the WWE Network because Suits comes on at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the USA Network. So it was actually a clever tie-in, to be honest with you, because you had two strong shows back-to-back on USA. That was a smart move. But don't worry, Mm -hmm. in two weeks, it's going to be live and popping SmackDown, two hours live, excuse me, uh, NXT, NXT. two hours live on the USA Network, Wednesday nights. What did you think of the first NXT live on USA Network? What did you think of this here? Um, I am a huge fan of NXT, as you know. Um, It's by far my favorite brand currently going under the WWE umbrella. And... I felt like it was it was flawless. I can't think of anything last night that was off, that was bad, that I would have changed. It's just everything clicked. And from the the sequencing of the show, even the way that they, they knew that they had to split the show up where one hour was going to be on USA cable television, the other one was going to be, the other hour was going to be on the network, even – how they frame the card, putting the women out first. So when people who may have watched, who may watch Raw and SmackDown, who don't watch NXT, now they can see who are the top women in the women's division in a fatal four-way for the number one contender spot, for who's going to face the only two-time NXT champion, Shayna Baszler. And those women showed up, showed out. Excellent match from everyone. Then they ended the hour with the um, undisputed era fulfilling the prophecy via Roger Strong defeating the Velveteen Dream in another great match. Uh, so now undisputed era has all the titles in NXT. So I thought it was excellent. Um, major win for WWE and that entire talent roster in NXT. Um, and so the crazy thing is, is that they just scratched the surface with – that talent that they can feature because I mean, we got to return to Leo Rush last night, which I'm not sure if you probably had heard something about it because your ears a little closer to the street than mine is, but that was a complete shock to me when I saw the graphic pop up that he was going to be in a number one contenders match. And the fact that they were doing cruiserweight matches on NXT um, opens it opens it up now, I believe, for a future 205 Live tie-in to the two-hour NXT. Then you had the appearance by Walter and Imperium from NXT UK. So, Grand Slam, salute to Triple H, 
salute to WWE, salute to the entire NXT roster that was on display last night. They killed it. Oh, and, and let me just say, uh, Greg Coleman, please don't disrespect my good friend Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, it's nice that you want to give Triple H credit. Uh, that's that's very nice. But just remember who who pays all the bills. That's, that's Vince McMahon's company. Okay. Yeah, so shout out he to does, Vince but, Kennedy but, McMahon. But doesn't he well. have a doesn't he have a, a, a football organization he's trying to get off the ground? That, that, that doesn't matter. This is still his company. <laughs> Any success, Vince McMahon is responsible for it one way or another. So, you know, we're going to honor my friend Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That's that's the way it has to be. That's right. I, I, I'm going to tell you something that I saw, and you let me know if this matters to you, though. Okay. The show starts. Mm-hmm. You have Triple H. He does his, his, his very quick speech. It was like a, you know, I don't even know if it was 30 seconds. It may have been 20 seconds. You know, this is NXT, whatever. Mauro Nello, who is the, the lead commentator, he says a few words. Then we go straight to the action. The the, the ring announcer, woman of color. Right. The referee, a woman. This match that we have is a fatal four-way. Three women of color, one white woman, battling it out to take on the champion at a later date who is a woman of color. What I saw from NXT right out of the gate was just complete diversity in every way. They just gave it to you straight. They wanted to let you know. They made a statement that this is who we are. We're showcasing our best talent, and the first thing that you're going to see is 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 what it means to showcase the best talent, what it means to be a company that believes in diversity and that's going to practice what they preach. And, and also, I, I failed to mention, the, the three-person commentary team, there's a woman on that three-person commentary team. Diversity everywhere is what I saw, in addition to this quality wrestling product that you just could not ignore. Did you see what I saw, and, and, and does it even matter to you? Um, no, it, it. I definitely did notice that the um, – and I didn't take into account the ring announcer because I've seen her so many times watching – NXT, you know, weekly TV, but that's a very great point you made about the diversity. Um, putting those women in that spot the first hour on their first show live, to me, that was an important vote of confidence for the women's division for NXT because I thought of last night that they would probably approach it kind of like a takeover. Um, they would really want to come out, have a strong presence, especially given that they only would have one hour on USA. And usually, if you watch TakeOvers, the tag team title match always goes first, nine times out of ten. And those have been some of the better matches. So for them to have the confidence in the women to say, this isn't a TakeOver, but this is our first live weekly show. And we trust that you four can go out there and deliver, and they did. I just felt like that was excellent. Um, So I think credit to NXT for not playing it safe and saying, well, let's book a Street Profits 
O'Reilly and Fish rematch and put it in that slot. Nope. They said they could have easily put that match on the network portion too, but they didn't. They wanted the world watching on USA for that hour to see those four women kill it. And those four women did it. And I think that is a credit to all four women involved. And it's a credit to NXT and just the strength of their, not only their women's division, but their, their quality of wrestling, period. Like I said, it was, it was a flawless show, in my opinion. Well stated. Well stated. And, and let's piggyback now because we're talking about wrestling on a Wednesday night. Right. Can't talk about wrestling on a Wednesday night without talking about the quote-unquote war. This is the new <laughs> wrestling war. So we have NXT, which did their right. debut. We just found out moments ago that All Elite Wrestling, AEW, they finally have named their programming, which is going to start next month on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The name of the program is going to be Dynamite. Not Nitro. <laughs> Dynamite. It's funny that they went with Dynamite because I had been seeing mock-up posters, nothing official from AEW, talking about Wednesday Night Dynamite for what seems to be like two or three months. So the fact that they actually picked Dynamite, maybe they were just all sitting around brainstorming and said, eh, I guess we'll just go with Dynamite. That works. Well, you know, the thing that, that makes me scratch my head is why did it take so long? You, you, It's almost, and I, I hate to use this word, but it almost feels dysfunctional. Your show is going to debut in a month. You, you, you have the upfronts that just happened. This is, this is that um, convention where the TV networks, they bring out representatives from their top fall programming, and the idea is, yes, this is the exciting programming that we're going to offer to everybody. When it came to AEW, they didn't have a name for what this show was going to be. And from a branding and marketing standpoint, it is such a, a disadvantage for them to be at the upfronts, and they don't have a name of the TV show. All you need to know is that this this wrestling company that you've never heard of before is going to have a TV show that we don't have a name for, but we expect you, advertiser, to spend money and, and advertise your, your product while this is going on. Come on. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you that from a marketing standpoint, it would have been a – a stronger position for them to have a name that TNT could have figured out how to work into other advertising. Um, but I still feel like TNT did a, a, a pretty damn good job of even just saying a, AEW on TNT, which maybe they were kicking around actually just leaving that as the name. Um, so I think it, it may show that they might have been um, – Maybe they were in between two thought processes and then they just couldn't pull that trigger and make a decision. I'm not sure. But honestly, I just got to the point where I thought it was going to be AEW on TNT. Um, so when I saw you post Dynamite, I was just thinking, okay, cool. Um, it is a little late because you would think that they would want to have the name in place before they actually rolled it out and presented it. If it was going to be something different than what they've already been 
having people advertise, but in the grand scheme of things, they can just call it dynamite. And I think the fans who are going to watch it, we're going to watch it regardless. Um, but I will say you, you make a good point about maybe a little bit of hesitation and not having all their ducks in a row, uh, when that curtain went up for them at the upfronts and to discuss their show. I, I, unfortunately, it's just more of the same. It still comes back to who's on first here, as as the uh, classic comedy bit is. Who's on first? I mean, it's like if you're going to run a company and you're going to put all this money into it, then why don't you get the right people in place to actually execute on the basics? This includes press releases that make sense. This includes come up with a name for your TV show. (laughs) These are are basic things here. And I I understand that you have to go through the process of branding and things like that, but that you're supposed to lead with that. That's, that's something that you get done from the beginning. So there's this, it still comes back to this mantra of we're going to get to it later. It's coming. You know what I mean? It's, It's the kid that puts off doing his homework until the last minute. Right. It's it's just crazy to me. And, and speaking of crazy, you got Kenny Omega. He comes oh. out with some ridiculous, some ridiculous statements he made in an interview with Sporkedia, where he he talked about um, NXT. And to paraphrase, he, he's essentially saying they're they're developmental. They can't compete with us. We're stars. We're stars. If there were no promo- if there was no wrestling promotions and we were all just in the same place, competing at the same time, those guys can't compare to us. We're stars, and they're just developmental guys. Now, come on, Greg. You, you, I, I need your thoughts on this, man. Well, what what the heck is Kenny Omega talking about? And has he lost his mind? Okay, so. I am a big fan of Kenny Omega. I feel like he's one of the best workers in the world um, as a professional wrestler. I've been a fan of his for years since I discovered him in New Japan during his rivalry with Okada, who's also a excellent wrestler. When I saw those comments, um, and I did, I hadn't heard about him until you brought him to my attention. Kenny just can't say that. I'm just gonna be flat out honest. Um, to say that it's not going to be a war and then to say it's not going to be a war, not because, you know, NXT is a part of the WWE machine and they are light years ahead of all other professional wrestling organizations and they're conglomerate and yada, yada, you know, publicly traded, everything like that. So we're just starting out. So we're not going to throw rocks at the throne, you know, pun intended, because what Cody did at <laughs> double or nothing. Um, but to to say that it's because there's such a talent gap that between AEW and NXT, and that's why it's not going to be a war, because AEW has so much more star power, that's ridiculous. Um, it's like to to fans who know, and the, you know most casual fans will probably be more familiar with the WWE, Raw and SmackDown products, anyways. But for hardcore fans that watch 
both NXT, AEW, and New Japan, where Kenny and the Bucks and Cody spent a significant amount of time, as well as Hangman. It's like, you can't convince me that Gargano, Ciampa, Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle, Adam Cole wouldn't be at the top of any AEW or New Japan pro wrestling card that Kenny was on. Period. You can make a... You're right about that. Everything you just said, you're right about. Yeah. It it really makes me scratch my head because I, I just don't... Some folks are saying, well, he was speaking in character. Even if you were speaking in character... You can't say unacceptable. Yeah, you can't say that. I mean, because what it makes you look like is it makes it almost look like you're cutting a promo, but you're talking about your company. So why should we really take you serious if you're going to say something that outlandish? Because you can make a strong case that Johnny Gargano has been the best wrestler in the world based on his match quality and consistency the past two years. And to say that he's a developmental talent, come on, dude. Kenny Omega, get your, get your act together, man. Okay, yeah, please. First, and like I said, all, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a ahead. fan, but when I saw that quote, I, I couldn't even defend that. I couldn't play devil's advocate on it. So, well, the the, the part that really makes me scratch my head is the fact that. They don't have a unified message as a company. One minute, they're trashing the WWE. Right. The next minute, they're saying, no, there's no war, and everybody just watch whatever you want to watch, and I don't know why people keep talking about a war and all this other stuff. And then they go back to this stuff. Just make up your mind. You know? And and when you don't have a, a, a strong marketing and media department who can literally rein everybody in and say, guys, Ladies and gentlemen, one message, unified message. This is what we're going to say to the world, and then we're going to let the quality of our work speak for itself in addition to that. that that's what you do. <laughs> so, again, it comes back to the same concept. Who's on first? You know, it's, it's, it's like they're – it's almost as if everyone is doing their own thing. Right. And they're not communicating with one another as they're doing it. Um, and that was one of the reasons that I wrote the article that I wrote, and I even said it in there, is I think if AEW would have just went out and focused on putting on, you know, great quality wrestling according to their standard, their playbook, I don't think they would have gotten as much attention on the parts that they are showing that, on the things that they're not delivering on, I would say. Because I don't think people would have had a bar of expectation to put on them outside of knowing who a few of their performers are. But when you constantly talk about the the king, and then you talk about how you're going to be different from the king, and I got pushback from people who read the article and say, and they said, well, they never came out and said they wanted to be anti-WWE. I mean, everything from the shots they've taken to the – whether directly or indirectly, um, things that Cody has said, things that Jericho has said, now stuff that Kenny is saying, 
some of the little actions within their shows um, on the YouTube series, they're, they're pretty much saying we're not going to be WWE. And if that's your goal, cool. But just know now the lights are going to be on you even more to prove that you're not going to be the WWE for whatever that means to you, good, bad, or indifferent. And a lot of the decisions they're making and a lot of the things they're doing haven't been showing that. And I think you just touched on a very important one. And it's nothing wrong with saying that they want to compete. But I think it's a smart way to say that where it doesn't make you look crazy like Kenny Kenny Omega's comments made him look crazy. You see that, folks? That's not me. Now, this this is a guy who who has no qualms about disagreeing with me and calling me out, and yet here he is agreeing with me. Just just putting it out there, folks. You saw it, you hear it for yourself now. That's right. Listen, Greg. If if any of the listeners want to um, check you out online, follow your stuff. Well, what's the best way that they can keep an eye on what Greg Coleman has going on? Um. You can check me out, Greg Coleman on Facebook, GM Coleman on Instagram. Again, go to smartoutmoment.com, uh, click in extras. You'll see all the pieces that I've written um, previously, and I'll definitely will be have some more coming, I'm sure, uh, once these Wednesday night wars get fully cranked up. Um, so, yeah, thank you for having me, Duke. I appreciate it. You know, Greg Coleman, that's, that's a good dude right there, man. It's a good dude. He and I don't always agree on a lot of things, but good dude. Knows his wrestling. Very passionate, which is what I really appreciate about Greg. It's always nice to talk to people who know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? So definitely give him a follow. He's a fun follow. Does a good job with his writing as well, which I always appreciate. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And as I promised before, folks, up next, we're going to check back in with Michelle Evans, who's vying for the cover she wants to be the next cover girl for maxim magazine and i'm also going to give you some information on who's going to be our special guest next week so be right back this is former wwe superstar al snow and i have created the wrestling brand collar and elbow brand it's wrestling apparel made by a wrestler for the wrestling fan in all of us the love the passion you have for wrestling is in this apparel CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Buy it today and also round up your purchase and help support the former wrestlers who made it possible for you to love wrestling today. Go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com and help support Cauliflower Alley Club and their charitable efforts. All right, folks. So like you said, you know, we we uh, have the fantastic part of the Duke's wrestling crew here, uh, Michelle, She's competing to be the Maxim Magazine, the next cover girl for Maxim Magazine. And keep in mind, you know, she's a, a, a med student. Part of uh, winning that contest is that they'll give her a couple bucks that she can put towards her studies. Who can't relate to student loans? Who can't relate to, you know, paying for an education, try to improve your life and what have you? It ain't cheap. So definitely commend this young lady for what she's doing because it, it's just it's been incredible an incredible ride here and as we promised you two weeks ago when this first started off we're bringing michelle back to give you an update so without further ado welcome back to the duke loves wrestling podcast michelle how are you 
Hi, everyone. I'm great. Um, it's been one hell of a ride, I'll tell you that, and I'm enjoying every part of it. When we first had you on the show, you were really in the thick of things. You were part of a, a bracket that, you know, had something like 40-some-odd people would have you that you were competing against just in this one bracket, and you managed to get yourself up to the top five, and then we saw you, you moved up, and you were top three, then you were trading places one and two, one and two, one and two, and at this very moment, I mean, you, you know, we're, we're at the point now where you just made it into the top ten, so this is a couple of rounds later now, and you're still messing around with, with top one, top two, top one, top two. It, it's just been an incredible journey there. How does it feel? Uh, it feels pretty fantastic. You know, that's where I first started. It seemed pretty surreal. I just really didn't know how to take the feelings now. It's just, I don't know, it's just, maybe I still don't even know how to feel. It's just pretty, it's just really exciting. I could be more thankful for everyone who has put in votes and uh, wounded warrior donations. It's been super helpful. I am so thankful. So thank you, everybody from everywhere who's been helping me out and voting for me. You're amazing. Right after you came on the show, there was like a, a, a reinvigoration of support. And the wave, I mean, just goodness. We, we've seen other people throughout the brackets there, and, and they've gone up and down and all over the place and what have you. But you've stayed pretty consistent. And so many people from around the world who are part of, of our listenership, Duke's wrestling crew, and they listen here uh, to the podcast, it's almost as if they've, they've taken on a type of ownership where they want to see you, Michelle, become the next cover girl for Maxim Magazine. How does it feel to know that all these strangers are, are taking time out of their day to support you? Honestly, it's rewarding. It's very uh, uplifting. I feel really, really loved, I think, by even people that I don't know. It's actually given me a whole different outlook on how people support people from afar, not knowing who they are, and just kind of reading and getting to know about somebody, whether it's through, you know, articles or podcasts or just the Internet. It's impressive. It's very heartwarming. I'm, I'm really extremely was more worth than I could say thankful. Now, what was interesting is that you actually made it to the the cover. You were the cover story for uh, the pop culture website Black Rabbit. Talk to mm -hmm. us about that experience because they did a little interview with you and, and you put up some information and what have you, but you were literally, when anyone went to that website, your face was the first thing that they saw. What, what was that about? Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I... Um I think I was so excited about just having the article, I didn't even realize that I was feature of that until actually you uh, mentioned it to me. And so I had to go back and kind of retake the whole notion over again as it was crazy, incredible, um, so many words. It was also another very um, heartwarming situation and just knowing so many people have done so much already for a competition that's still so early in the competition, if that makes sense. No, that, that makes uh, perfect sense there, and it's it's interesting because you would think that you know somebody who's super famous or somebody that has some crazy network or what have you, uh, obviously they're going to be at the top and, and they're going to do that. But you said to me offline numerous times that you know you're just a regular hardworking girl, and, and 
it's it's I really, am just a regular hardworking girl. I can't even lie about that. <laughs> but it's it's crazy though because you're just a regular hardworking girl. You're going up against all of these quote unquote Instagram models and all of these folks who who allegedly have all this fanfare. Has your perspective been affected at all regarding what that whole situation is like? I mean, I know that when we go to people's social media and we see, you know, so-and-so has hundreds of thousands of followers, oh, my God, you know, they they really got a lot of support, what have you. You don't have any of that, and yet you're in the top two. Talk to us about yeah. that. Has, that. has that changed your perspective at all, or, or was your perspective always maybe what we see in that regard isn't what it really is? Um, I think it definitely changed my perspective. I, I, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm against a lot of, number one, I'm against a lot of girls that, you know, have way more followers than I do. And just in general, I'm just going against a lot of girls. Granted, I've competed against a lot of women in Miss California pageant, so I'm familiar with it, but it's all so much to take in, you know? I've gotten a few perspectives on a couple things as far as especially the one person that I go back and forth with and the one and two, that's been very interesting. I think in general, again, I mean, all I can really say is that I think your personality stands out for itself and maybe my personality, maybe the people who know me, the people who don't know me and just the way I speak, hopefully um, sets myself apart from every other person that I'm competing with in the sense that I think it has set me apart and everybody that I'm competing with to be in the position that I am and not to have as many followers or my social media not crazy excluded at this point, you know? It takes me to a whole other place of just saying, hey, you know, you generally have to be a very good person for people to have your back that don't even know you. Wow, that's very well stated there and and definitely something that uh, everyone can take hold of and and hold on to there and, and, and really think about, I mean. If you're putting out positive energy to the world, if you're legitimately a good person and, and you're showing that, you're not out here trying to be malicious or hurt anybody, what have you, just genuinely are just out there trying to help people and, and be the best person you can be. It's amazing what you can give back in return. It's amazing the type of support yeah. and, and the people who come out of the woodwork just to see you succeed because they, they want to root for you. It's, it's really it a, a interesting story and interesting ride here. So so tell us again, what's what's the name of the contest and, and, and how can folks vote for you and keep this train going? So uh, the name of the contest is Maxim's Next Cover Girl. You can find it on my Facebook page. Uh, you can find it on my Instagram page. My Instagram page is Lee underscore Niche. So it's L-E-I-B-H underscore M-E-E-E-S-H. And then my Facebook is Michelle Evans. Over on Twitter, over on Facebook, you name it. Just type in Duke Loves Wrestling. We're going to put it all up there as we have been. I try to post it daily, especially on the Twitter page. There's been a lot of support on Twitter voting for Michelle. And keep in mind, everybody, you get one free vote every 24 hours. So every 24 hours, let's say if you if you do it right before you start work in the morning, uh, you can make that part of your routine. Free vote. You can also get a couple of extra votes if you were to donate to one of the Wounded Warrior projects, which Maxim has uh, combined with on this special 
search for the next Maxim Cover Girl. So, you know, if you donate at least a buck to the Wounded Warrior Project that they're collaborating with here, uh, some of the proceeds will go there, and also there will be extra votes that will go to Michelle. So please, continue, continue to vote, continue to support this young lady. She is in the hunt, and a lot of that has to do with the loyal listeners of Duke Loves Wrestling because you guys are just showing up, man. Everybody, thank you again so much. It's always fun to talk to good people. You know what I mean? Just really good people. They're baby faces. You can't help but root for them. And Michelle Evans is definitely, she fits that bill 100%. So I want to thank everybody that's part of the Duke Loves Wrestling fan base. You know, you listeners, you really have done a, a, a very good job of supporting this young lady. You're logging into the website and you're, you're voting for Michelle each time for the next uh, Maxim Magazine cover girl. And she's doing a very great job. I mean, she's in the top 10. You know, she keeps moving on in these rounds, man. So we'll see. I, I think she can really do it. I think she can really win this competition. And she's going to do it because of your support. Again, you can vote once every 24 hours. It's free. Vote once every 24 hours. Hey, let's let's help this young lady achieve this goal here. So shout out to Michelle. Again, we'll, we'll check back in with her. And she'll continue to give us updates on how this thing is going. It's been a great show, folks. I mean, again, Luchador Serpentine. I got to make sure I say that name right. Sophia Lopez, she already threatened to sue me. Goodness gracious. Luchador Serpentine, fantastic guest, terrified me. Greg Coleman, thank you very much for joining us this week. You know, great guest. And, of course, Michelle Evans. Next week, next week, you got to tune in for the return of the WoW Superheroes badass. We're talking about Jesse Jones. She's coming back and she has plenty to say about what's going to be going down season two of Wild Superheroes. I, I, I can't wait to hear back from her because, you know, when she was on the show last season, it, there was the response was just tremendous. Everyone loved that interview with Jesse Jones. So she's going to come back. She's going to light it up again for us. Can't wait. I also want to remind everybody it's this Saturday, this Saturday, Valor Bare Knuckle One. This is the inaugural episode or, or pay-per-view event, I should say. Ken Shamrock's bare-knuckle MMA promotion. Okay, it's going to be a stacked card. It's going to be amazing. If you go back a couple weeks, uh, Ken Shamrock was on the show and he gave you some information about what to expect from that card. It just, I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be fun, man. And, and you can rest assured, there's definitely going to be some knockouts there. I have no doubt about that. So... Valor Bare Knuckle One. It's going to be their very first event live on on the. I think it's the Fight app. If you check out the Fight app, you definitely be able to catch that. So, just a lot of good stuff coming up, man. In fact, I got to reach out to my buddy Reed. You know, we got a big boxing match coming up. Got a big boxing match coming up. So I got to check in with Reed and and have him come out and, and break things down for us. What to expect later on this month as well. So, a lot of exciting things happening, folks. I'm telling you, the hits just keep coming, and I'm loving it. And I appreciate you continuing to take this ride with the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. It continues to just be fun, man. Absolutely. Okay, as always, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. We're going to have the Duke of Dorchester 
lead us out this week. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, this is the Duke of Dorchester. The one, the only, the man of the hour. Yeah. Can you handle that, baby? I want to tell you this. You've been listening to Duke Loves Wrestling.